Welcome to the What Do You Do With Your 24 podcast. From 24 Tire, I am Ty Rickstrew, and my guest today is Stephen Myers. Stephen Myers is a prominent figure in the world of real estate here in Wichita, Kansas, and a dynamic force within Urban Cool Homes affiliated with eXp Realty. With a distinguished career marked by leadership and innovation, Stephen serves as a team lead overseeing a dedicated team of over 50 agents. In a fast-paced world of real estate, Stephen is at the helm of a team poised to achieve remarkable milestones. Under his guidance, his team is on track to close over 500 homes, a testament to their unwavering commitment to excellence and success. A true visionary in the industry, Stephen's expertise and visions have propelled Urban Cool Homes to the forefront of the real estate market. He's dedicated to providing top-notch service paired with innovation. Welcome to the podcast, Stephen. Thanks. Good to be here. So so what I was going to say right before I, because we were talking and then no one will hear that. They'll hear the <laughs> intro. And then what we were talking about is talking about like price per lead and being able to get like, once you really start getting those leads in, then you can start dialing in on how to make them cheaper or whatever it might be. I think that's what's very interesting is like, I feel like so many people in their marketing journey don't ever get to even that point. They're just trying to get a lead, let alone getting in so many leads that they can actually start figuring out how to manage them. Right. Have you ever? Did you ever have that struggle of like, like how how long do you think it would be before you actually started focusing on those types of numbers? Well, I mean, I think when I first got started, you know, when I started doing marketing for real estate, which is like the end of 2017, beginning of 2018, because um, 2018 is when I went, you know, my first year when I went full time, mm-hmm. you know, Facebook was like the wild, wild west back then. You know, that's when you could, <laughs> that's when you could like literally do, you know, um, you know, income you could do zip codes, you could do house values. So you could do all these, you know, targeting. Mm -hmm. And then they got sued um, by fair housing. And then they had to go in and like remove all that data out of there, you know, that Mm -hmm. you could target to. So, so back then, I mean, you could easily just like, I was just, you could just easily get leads. Like no one was really, you know, at least in the Wichita area was really marketing on Facebook. Mm Mm-hmm. So I could, you know, I was just generating like tons of leads for like nothing, mm-hmm. you know? So I would, I never had a lead problem, which was, which I'm really grateful for, which is, you know, you know, checking our database of leads We're, you know, we're over 50,000 leads now over the course of the last five years, you know? So, mm-hmm. so I would, that's been really easy to kind of get that. So that's never been a problem we've had. But of course, like I'm just addicted to leads now, so I'm just like <laughs> I just want Give more. Give me more. Yeah, I just want more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't necessarily. Some days you're like, well, why? But I mean, I don't know. So you know, so that's just really kind of now, you know, the focus becomes is like, okay, well, how do we generate more leads? Um, and I really like focusing on like cheap leads, really, because um, you know now that we have our processes on the on the lead conversion sites, you know, you know they're they're down pretty in a pretty good situation, but obviously I still want to improve that area, Mm -hmm. but we're really able to really start, you know, grabbing those $1, $2 Facebook leads and turning them into something at some point, Yeah, which is like the ROI on that's like crazy ridiculous as opposed to paying, you know, $500 a lead off Zillow, Mm -hmm. which is hard to get a good ROI on. So I liked how you said lead conversion because I feel like that's a lot of stuff, especially in my business that I've had to start going. I feel like, people mesh marketing and sales so much and they almost think that it's one world whenever I, I mean, I think it is, I think they go well together, but I think it's like peanut butter and jelly. And I feel like my, how I looked at it is my job kind of stopped once that lead came in. 
to a certain extent, you know, you set up your automations and your follow-ups and all that stuff to make the lead hot so then someone can actually talk to them. Yeah. But I feel like not a lot of people focus on the lead conversion side of it where it's like, once you get that Facebook lead who has no idea who you are, they don't care about you. Yeah. You have to know how to sell to them. And I feel like too many people, especially when they first start getting into Facebook leads, and I'm sure you struggle with this and can speak on it, is like once that Facebook lead starts coming in and you get on a call with them, like it's basically like you're a used car salesman. Like they don't really care for, for you. And so what kind of process do you go through with your agents to help them understand that you're not selling to your SOI, you're not selling to your brother's aunt's uncle, you're talking to someone that has no idea who you are and they have to buy off on you. Right. I mean, that's, I mean, I think I'm, and again, like when a lot of marketing people, <clears throat> you know, you always see people on, you know, Facebook groups always like, oh yeah, I hired this marketing company. They suck. And I'm like, okay, how, why do they suck? You know? And mm-hmm. a lot of times it's because they don't know how to convert the leads. And so that's really not the marketing person's problem, which is really what I like about like how Hermosi is like splitting up his books because he's mm-hmm. kind of like, he understands that that's the problem is like, you know, going first on the offers and the leads. And then he's going to talk about the the sales piece next mm-hmm. because like each of those is so instrumental in the whole process. You know, you can't really have one without the other. Mm-hmm. Like if you have leads, but you don't have an offer, well then what's, what are the leads going to buy into? If you don't have the, if you don't have the sales piece, then what is that? What are you going to do with them? You know? Yep. So like it does, so you have to have all three of these. It's a very, you know, it's a very important relationship that all are important um, you know, I mean, really just always go to is like, how do you bring value? You know, like that's really what, I mean, it's, you, it's, it all goes back to trying to deliver value and not trying to sell people because if you start selling people, people know that and they get turned off way too easily mm-hmm. and, and rightfully so. I mean, our phones blew up all day with like, at least mine does with like all these people trying to sell me some new marketing thing or mm-hmm. some new <laughs> health insurance or whatever it is, you know, but mm-hmm. So we just naturally just turn off ourselves to salespeople. So you really have to be like, okay, well, how do I provide value to these people and where they're at in their process, you know? Mm-hmm. So so I think that that's where a lot of people fail because they think, okay, well, now I got a Facebook lead and or now I got a Google lead and now they're going to buy something. But, like, they will buy something. Mm-hmm. This is not maybe right now or probably not right now. Yeah. It's just like, well, we have to make sure that we nurture them into a place where they are ready to buy. Yep. And we provide value on that journey for them. And you have to call them. And you have to call them, yeah. <laughs> the most important part. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think, what I think is interesting is like, you know, starting to see the data come back. So for a while there, you know, calling was like the way you would get in touch with leads. And then for a while, you know, texting was. But now with like the new TCPA requirements, it's getting really hard to like, rely on texting mm-hmm. and so now you're going to have to go back to the calling and the yep. emailing and just kind of hit them in all those different areas because texting is not going to be as reliable as it was you know mm-hmm. two or three years ago yep so and i know that's been a struggle for us i mean we even switched crms because you know our other crm was they were requiring opt-outs but because of the way they set their system up so but with a new one we don't have to have an opt-out for initial text so that's been a lot you know a big game changer for us so yeah absolutely but you have to have more of it but now we're having to fuel with people because you can't in order for it to be not to fall into the tcpa rules it has to be like one-to-one and not automated texting yeah so because i mean those stops i mean everyone's so 
used to it now. There's like mm-hmm. stop, stop, stop. Yeah. Even if they, it's like, you know, I, you go, it's like the old story of you go in the furniture store and you tell the furniture salesman, you're not wanting to buy furniture, but why are you there in the first place? But we're just yeah. so like, no. Yeah. I'm just looking, just looking, Yeah, Leave just looking alone. for some furniture because yeah. who the hell doesn't want to do that? <laughs> that sounds <Yeah>. exciting. <laughs> Exactly. So, but you know, you're like, obviously you're there for a reason, you know? So it's just a matter of like, how do we get past that initial, you know, Mm -hmm. restrictive barrier that people have, which is natural. I mean, I get it. Right. Everyone feels like everyone's out to get them. Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of people just start selling to their SOI and like initially, and they're like, man, this is so easy. And then they start running into people that like don't care who they are, but that person can still really bring value to them. And I feel like they get just so turned off almost immediately because they just feel like they they are having to be a salesperson now. But it's like, if you know you're going to bring that person value, you just need to make sure that they understand it so they can make the they can have all the information possible to make the decision whether you actually are going to bring them value or you're a good fit for them. Right. Yeah, I think that's where a lot of people, you know, and I think I was there initially, you know, and I think when you're self-employed, right, like, you don't really want to admit to yourself that you're in sales. Mm-hmm. I don't know why this is like that, just that negative, <laughs> you know, like I don't want to be a salesman. Mm-hmm. But then when you really start to embrace it and understand really what a salesperson is, unless, you know, to be like a ethical value bringing salesperson, then you really understand like, okay, well this is, this is what I'm doing, you know? Like, yeah. And you just got to suck it up and be like, it's not a bad thing. Like mm-hmm. I'm here to exchange value for service and and hoping to get a commission in return. So mm-hmm. like it's just like we just gotta you just gotta get over that in your head. Like and it's like I mean we I work all the time with agents on it. Like, nope, you're a salesperson. You're mm-hmm. it literally <laughs> says on your um certificate or your license, salesperson. <laughs> so you are in fact a salesperson. That's yeah. what that's what the Kansas Real Estate Association uh, you know, thinks you are as a salesperson. So mm-hmm. you might as well be one. So yep. So, you know, and it's it's a really interesting time in real estate. So I don't know if you like saw like the lawsuit that just happened. It's kind of been all over the news. And uh, so like there's a there's a bunch of lawsuits happening right now across the country. And one just happened in Missouri um, where like they're basically like saying the sellers shouldn't have to pay buyer side commission. Mm. And so they were fighting it for two weeks um, in Kansas City. It's been you know, it's been one of those things that they filed like five years ago. It's been like talked about basically ever since I've been in real estate, but just mm-hmm. finally came to the actual court and then the verdict um, this week. And they, you know, they awarded $1.7 billion in damages to the, to the, for the class action lawsuit. So it's going to be really interesting to see how that shakes out, mm-hmm. you know? So um, like real estate's going to change. I mean, I think, it always is changing, but I think it's going to change dramatically pretty in a, the next few years. And I think it's going to push out a lot of people who aren't salespeople because, like, if you're just selling a couple of houses a year, it's not going to make sense to be a real estate agent. I mm-hmm. think that they're really trying, you know, I think that the National Associated Realtors is really going to try to get rid of those people out of the industry because, like, <clears throat> is it really the best interest for someone who you know, isn't fully doing real estate every day. If they're just like kind of doing it as a side hustle and they, you know, sell their friends, 
couple of homes a year? Do you, mm-hmm. are they really working in their best interest? You know, yeah. Or would their friend be better off using a real estate, you know, a real estate agent that has, you know, that has done like 50, 60 transactions that year. That's really knowledgeable in the area. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. No, it makes sense making it more profession than just a hobby. Yeah. That someone is just doing on the side. Cause I, it's like, it's kind of like, I feel like selling cars. Like I feel like you have people that buy and sell cars kind of themselves but then you have guys that are just like actual career selling cars. I'm not trying to relate the two, but it just kind of comes to mind of like someone that I know that like is making that a career and working up the ladder instead of just being like someone that's just like, you know, wheeling and dealing over here. It's like, I feel like also in the same sense, like that's where you can kind of get screwed over is by having someone that isn't super knowledgeable in what they're doing. Right. Yeah. No. And then that's definitely how it, how it goes. I mean, and I think that, you know, sometimes we feel like our friends and family would work in our best interest, mm-hmm. but, and I don't think that they don't necessarily, they don't necessarily not trying to, but they just, they don't know all the, yep. you know, all the intricate parts that go into the process. And then sometimes you run into these people and they're like, well, my friends told me this house and they didn't tell me this, they didn't tell me this, they didn't tell mm-hmm. me this. And I'm like, it's kind of like the ignorance is bliss <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. And like they just don't know what they don't know. Yeah. And so sometimes like, for example, um, we have, you know, in, in the Wichita area, there's some houses that have two bedrooms on the main floor as opposed to three bedrooms, which, you know, is okay. But when you're having a family, like you really need to have the three bedrooms on the main floor mm-hmm. if you have more than one kid. And most people have more than one kid still to this day. They usually have two. Mm-hmm. So like when you go to sell that house, it makes it much more complicated. So even if you bought it as a single person, and you're in it, and you're in like a say a family neighborhood out west. Mm-hmm. It makes it harder to like attract more people to the house because everybody that has a family is going to be like, no, this house doesn't work for me. Yeah. And so now you're in a family neighborhood with a house that doesn't work for families, and then you're mad because you you can't necessarily get the same price that other people in the neighborhood are getting. Yeah. But you know, so that's something that I run into where their friends did not let them know that that was going to be an issue when they went to sell. Because if they knew that, they probably would have bought a three-bedroom house as opposed to a two-bedroom. Yeah. No, I mean, I wouldn't have ever even thought of that. Yeah. <laughs> That's something I wouldn't think about. Yeah, I mean, it's very it's very easy <laughs> to do because you're like, oh, yeah, I love this house. I'm a bachelor. Mm-hmm. I have a, I have my master bedroom. I got an office. That's all I need. Yep. Then you get married. Then you have... Kid, you know, yeah. <laughs> you're going to put your infant downstairs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That makes total sense. Yeah. <laughs> but... So I kind of want to talk about uh, how... Urban Cool has kind of come to life. Um, and one thing that I know that I want to talk to you about was like just a little bit about how it was when you first started versus kind of where you are now and how the changes and how you've progressed over the years. Yeah, I mean, so you know, when I originally got started, I just kind of wanted to kind of find something to differentiate myself really, you know, because I mean, it was we were Urban Cool ICT um, originally. And, you know, back in 2018, when I kind of started the team, even though it was just me, I just was like, okay, I want to, you know, I know at some point I want a team. Mm -hmm. I always thought, and I didn't want the team to be my name. I don't know why. I just was never on board with that. Mm -hmm. But so I was like, I want something that kind of catches people as they scroll through Facebook, you know, because at that point, like I said, Facebook was, was, you know, huge for the business. That's kind of when it was easy to get business off Facebook. So, you know, so that was kind of like the intro into just kind of, you know, being a little bit different, being, you know, being something that people are like, okay, yeah, that's, that's something that might grab my attention when I'm scrolling through. Mm -hmm. 
and, you know, really never intended it to be much more than that, really. You know, like I just was like, okay, this is a cool way to get Facebook leads. And then over time, like it just started like kind of getting its own little like, you know, like culture Mm -hmm. edge, you know, around that, which I mean, I think, you know, that you helped kind of develop as well as we, when we were working together on that. Mm hmm. Is now it's become its like own thing, you know, where it's just like, you know, where the agents or, you know, it's just, it's just weird when you like develop a brand and you're not really thinking it's going to ever be much of anything. And then, mm-hmm. you know, then people are like, you know, start to like post it on social media and like, you know, start wearing like the, the gear and like, you know, and it's, mm-hmm. it's awesome to see, but it's just, it's kind of crazy to kind of see it morph into that. You yeah. Know? Um, and then also, you know, you get the haters along with it, which is fun. Yeah. So, <laughs> If you don't have haters, you're not doing it right. Yeah. Well, they're, they're coming. Yeah. <laughs> Got a lot of them. Yep. So, um, but, but yeah, but, you know, really just always just trying to be like, okay, well, how do we do things different? Um, you know, and it's, and sometimes, you know, people give me crap because it's like, well, is something like Urban Cool going to even do well in Wichita? Because, you know, we're not really an urban market. Mm-hmm. we got a lot of rural properties, but you know, but we do just as well in the rural areas as we do in the Wichita area. And, and then, you know, now it just kind of allows us to kind of shift the focus into like, okay, well, where can we take this, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're talking about potentially, you know, opening up in different markets in the next couple of years, you know, maybe seeing how we can handle that mm-hmm. as we got the systems more dialed in. So, just kind of seeing where we can grow with the growth and just kind of see what we can continue to build within the brand itself. So Mm -hmm. one thing that I, uh, so whenever it came to urban cool, I feel like one thing, I don't know, maybe this is just me, but like if I'm driving around in like Mulvane or something and I see one of your guys' signs, especially now with the big old white post and stuff, it's like that just like really sticks out like the pink and the white. It's just like, it's there. And sometimes whenever I say urban cool too fast, I just think like u- Uber, like that's uber cool. Like, like, you know what I mean? And I feel like sometimes people will just say urban cool and they don't even think of like a city. Yeah. It's just like, at least I don't, I just think of like, it's yeah. just cool. Like I was just, yeah, I was just talking about like mm-hmm. urban outfitters, right? Like urban yeah. outfitters is like a, you know, brand um, mm-hmm. that's very, and there's like some urban, like a, I don't know what it is. There's an urban market or urban brand for makeup. That's really popular. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think it's just something that just kind of like, you know, I think, you know, I think, I think it works and always with marketing, it's, it's fine. Like sometimes we might not get the listing in a rural area because of that, but that's mm-hmm. fine because that's not necessarily where I'm trying to focus my branding at in a way. So, yeah. so, you know, so that's an important thing to just always understand. You're not always going to, you're not going to always accommodate everyone and that's okay. You know? mm-hmm. Have you always, so whenever I, I remember whenever I first came and talked to you and like we were talking about marketing and leads and like having an audience and remarketing to them and selling to them and texting them and emailing them and actually doing it the right way. I was like, man, this guy gets it. Like he fully understands marketing. He understands how to sell to people. He understands the bigger picture of like getting reach on Facebook is like, yeah, that's a cool feel good, feel good number. But how are we actually turning that into a lead that's going to call us? Um, and one thing now since I've left is I actually bought a list of realtors like the 2 million realtors. And I started just cold emailing. I was just going to run a cold email campaign. And I've probably now gotten on a call with over a hundred realtors. And I realized I don't want to work with realtors. And I don't mean, and I mean that in a way of, I want to work with top producers. So I started to realize who my target avatar is. Um, 
it's someone that wants and understands the bigger picture and wants to be a master of their own needs and get away from the Zillows and the Angie's list or whatever it is of the world and focus on building their own brand. Have you always been that way or is that something that was developed or did you just kind of start with? Well, I think like when I started, I had no money to start, you know, mm -hmm. so I had very little, um, so I left a corporate job and was like, okay, I'm going to go do this. So you go from like making, you know, I was making almost $200,000 a year to making zero. Right. Mm -hmm. So I just didn't have a big budget. And so at the time, like Zillow and Zillow was the main player in the space. And even now it's cheap compared to what it was then. It was still a lot of money to devote to Zillow. Like you're talking mm -hmm. about at least a thousand dollars a month. And, you know, back in 2018, you know, that was a decent amount of money, especially our average price point was significantly lower than it is now. Mm -hmm. So, so you're just like, well I, well, I just knew I couldn't necessarily build my business the way I wanted to off of that. Um, I knew again that you're still like praying to like Zillow not to change their business model, <laughs> which they have time and time again since I've been in this five years. Mm -hmm. So I just knew that I wanted to build something different than that and just knew that like online leads was really the place to do it, like Facebook and, and at Facebook specifically at the time. So, you know, I just was like, okay, well, this is, this is how I'm going to do it. And just knew like, I mean, it, it was a terrible, I mean, it was terrible back then. I mean, there was like so many people I didn't call. I mean, I would literally some days get like a hundred leads mm -hmm. and I didn't know what the hell to do with them yet. You know, no, so I was still trying to, I was still no trying to figure out. or anything yeah. set up. Yeah. There wasn't really <laughs> automations back then. So it was very, it was a lot more manual, you know, like mm -hmm. automations were still pretty new to the space. Automated texting still wasn't very common. It was very, you know, it was very expensive to like buy a system that had automated texting, you know? Mm -hmm. So again, like I'm doing manual texting, you know, and just really trying to figure, I mean, you're trying to figure out so many pieces. And that's what, you know, people, when you, they get into real estate, they don't realize it's like, like, okay, well, there's so many things I got to learn. And one is to sell houses, which is an important thing to learn. But then it's like, okay, well, <laughs> now I also got to learn how to, you know, get leads and I had to figure out how to convert leads and I got mm -hmm. to figure out how to, you know, work, build systems and processes and all that stuff. So it's just, you know, and really if you want to embrace the team side of things, you really have to kind of start to build all that out mm -hmm. or you're always just going to have like an, you know, a, a job essentially. Right. Like yeah. It's just always like, you're going to be like always hunting for that next lead. You're always going to be hunting for, you know, especially if you're like heavy SOI, like you're always going to have to be like, you know, doing all the, things you do to get SOI leads, which is like, you know, going to events, taking people out to coffee, mm -hmm. all that stuff, which is good. But it's harder to like really scale that up to anything more than just yeah. a, a, a high paying job. Yeah. Which well, is, isn't, so sometimes you're like, I'm like, hmm, that maybe wouldn't have been the worst way to go, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> kind of committed to this way now. Yeah, so. absolutely. <laughs> so five years and now you're going, you guys are set to sell 500 homes this year. How, how is that? in the real estate world to me, not really being in real estate, that sounds like a ridiculous number to be able to get to in that short amount of time. Yeah. I mean, I think it really is. I mean, it's, it's always hard to quantify how crazy it is, but I mean, you know, we're with EXP, so there's 90,000 agents. Um, I think close to like 15,000 teams or something with EXP. Mm -hmm. Like right now we're ranked number 22 in the whole country for really. Yeah. Wow. For real estate teams. <laughs> So we'll definitely rank on some national lists this year. Mm -hmm. um, and I think like we're still like still scratching the surface on what we can accomplish. So yeah. 
So it is pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty insane to kind of think about because like 2019, I sold 39 homes, you know, so to be mm-hmm. like, you know, here, like however many years later, four years later, we're going to, you know, we're, we're going to sell, a, you know, probably over 550 this year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's pretty crazy to be like 39 of 550. Mm-hmm. And back when I was 30, I sold 39 homes. I was like, oh yeah, I really, I'm really, I really get this. Like, oh, I'm crushing it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but now it's just on a different level. And I mean, so, you know, we're getting a lot of, you know, I'm getting, you know, we are, and I'm getting a lot of like national kind of exposure, mm-hmm. um, you know, starting to get people asking me, you know, for coaching and starting wanting me to like go speak at events and stuff. I haven't really mm-hmm. like done either of those things yet just cause I'm still like, I still feel like I, there's things I want to figure out first before I get to that point. So yeah. maybe next year that's the time for it. But, mm-hmm. but really, you know, my goal is there is what we're really focused on is like, how are we going to hit a thousand next year? So that's, yeah. that's what I'm really double it in a year. Yeah. <laughs> so we've been doing, we've been doubling yeah. every year. So, and, uh, you know, 2000, I sold like 92 and, um, 2021, we sold like 170 and then 2022, we sold like 290. So, mm-hmm. You know, really almost doubling every year, not quite doubling. Just like yeah. this year, we won't quite double. But, but yeah, just to really just try to, like, build the systems for that next level of mm-hmm. of success. So, but yeah, I never thought back when I first kind of started the team back in 2020, you know, we were, like, sitting over there in a strategic workspace. And, you know, I was like, oh, I'm getting this a little bit. I'm starting to understand it more. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, it would be really cool to, like, sell $100 million worth of houses. And. I was like, and is uh, Travis was my, uh, you know, he was there from day one, and so we were sitting there just bullshitting, and and I was, he was I was like, oh yeah, like how's that even going to be possible, you know? And I'm mm-hmm. like, well, you know, we're gonna we're gonna hit the hundred million mark next week, so <laughs> um, for the year, so that's awesome, you know. So we'll probably end up somewhere around 110, 120 million for the year, so which is like, you know, pretty not a lot of teams ever get to the hundred million mark. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty cool to get there and get the over 500 homes. I mean, those are both big milestones, but yeah. of course this is like focused on the next level. So yeah. Like, cool. We hit that goal. <laughs> now let's see what else we can do. Yeah. So what, what do you think has been your biggest inspiration and your biggest motivator to build a team that's this high, highly focused? I know you're really big on finding out who's doing it the best and getting in the rooms with them and always being in the rooms and, you know, kind of, I feel like, I feel like you're a great example of like, not being the smartest person in the room like you keep i see i feel like you're just always putting yourself in rooms with guys that are like masters or whatever it is so where did you learn to even start wanting to do that i think one thing is you know always for me is i just always wanted to do things well you know like why would you ever want to do a job and not do it well and Mm -hmm. if you have the capability of doing more then why would you not want to do it Mm mm-hmm so I just was like, okay, well, how do I accomplish that? You know, cause I don't think I would ever be satisfied with mediocre results with anything I did, you know? <laughs> so I mean, that's why I climbed the corporate ladder really quickly. Cause I was just not really accepting the norm in the corporate world, you know, just allowed me to accelerate through that really quickly. And mm-hmm. then, you know, just going to real estate, just kind of the same thing. Like I just didn't want to be a regular agent that did regular amount of business, you know? So mm-hmm. that never interested me. So and this is more of just like I want to challenge myself to see like how far I can go. Mm-hmm. Because then if I get to that point, I'm like, good. Like I, I figured it out. I figured out the edge where I could go to. So yeah. so I was like, why not Why not shoot for that? You know, what's, mm-hmm. what's the harm? <laughs> so 
Which there's definitely is harm. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> FYI. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, but obviously now, you know, you just can kind of slowly find the balance or whatever, whatever necessarily word we want to use with balance. But, you know, like slowly starting to get to the point where I can do, um, you know, not necessarily have to spend 12 hours a day working. So. Yeah. But, you know, there's definitely a lot of 12-hour days getting to here. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's still some 12-hour days, and I still enjoy those. But it's, it's nice that it's not, like, day after day, and then you're still not seeing the financial returns. So yeah. so those those are the tough days, and you just have to, like, stick it out. And I mean, one of the things that, like, I saw that I really liked that Hermosi talked about um, last year was, like, you know, the best entrepreneurs really – focus on delayed gratification. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you don't ever get, you know, you don't ever necessarily cash in your money at that point. Like for me, we're just doubling it back down, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, I'm making some money, but let's double down and see where we can go, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that's fun to do. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, man. Hermosi, especially that big event that he did was incredible. Yeah. I feel like he just gave so much value and it's like so much stuff that like, I don't know, for me, it's like it's like stuff that like it's just bringing the puzzle pieces together more, and the way he just delivers it is just like so well. Yeah, I don't know yeah. how like he <laughs> he like you know he's like one of those classic where I'm taking really complicated things and like delivering it like a fifth grade level. Yeah, and you I know? guess that's when like you know that you're a master <laughs> at it when you can do that. I yeah, guess. Yeah, that that is that is what the mastery is supposed to be, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's really good at doing that and. And there's so many things that you're like, it's like not necessarily something you learned, like you're not like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. but it's like, oh, it makes more sense now. You yeah, know? exactly. So yeah, absolutely. So what, so one thing I've seen you doing recently is like not only networking with other agents and like other teams, but kind of absorbing and uh, becoming one with some other teams. So what is, uh, what has that been doing for you? And what was your kind of inspiration and meaning behind doing that? Well, I think, you know, a lot of it goes down to is, you know, my background in engineering, my background in the corporate world is I, you know, I've always been very systems focused and very like, you know, role focused for people. And really like what I tell a lot of teams, and this is just one of those things when you're a team, you have to kind of figure it out. You get to that five, six agent standpoint and you have to decide if you're going to be a team or you're not going to be a team. Like, cause if you're really just stay at the five, six agent, you can't really build out the infrastructure you need mm-hmm. for, for a team to be fully functional. You're just really just a lot of, you're just really like five, six agents trying to be real estate agents, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Like it works, but it doesn't, does it work well for a long time? It, it usually doesn't. Mm-hmm. So then you have to decide if you're going to make the time and the financial investment into really developing your team to that next level. And it's really hard it's really hard part to get to and it's really hard to do. And so I think some teams just kind of get stuck there um, because you just have to like make that commitment and it's a hard commitment to make. So, so it's just easier for a team to kind of partner with us and utilize our resources on the back end and on the front end Mm -hmm. and really allow them to kind of get that more balanced life that they want, that they wanted running a team, mm-hmm. but then not necessarily have to make all the sacrifices to get there. Yeah. Because a lot of teams don't ever get there because they'll run out of money, you know? Mm-hmm. And Before there, they can Yeah, there are some days, hurdle. like, you know, especially that, I mean, you know, that, you know, you're like, yeah, like I'm losing 10 grand a month on some months, you know, you're mm-hmm. like, it's, 
it hurts. Yeah. So, and you're like, <laughs> not a lot of people can withstand that for very long. Yeah. So. So nowadays, where do you think your uh, number one lead source is coming from? Just all the marketing you've done and the list you've built up or? Yeah. I mean, I think, um, a lot of us is, a lot of it is, it's, it's a variety of, it's a variety of sources, but really it's like the people that have been like leads for one or two years. Mm-hmm. And it's really the, the follow the nurtures and the follow-ups for those, you know, a couple years I've been going. So whether it's realtor.com, Google pay-per-click, Facebook, I mean, they're all really relatively work the, the same mm-hmm. as if they've been there for one or two years, you know? So yeah. that's why it's really like, that's why it's, that's the kind of focus kind of moving forward is moving more back into the Facebook and the Google, Google space mm-hmm. because cost per leads so much lower. Yeah. And the, the intense less, so you're not going to get those quick wins, but mm-hmm. you don't necessarily need the quick wins anymore because we have the database of the 50,000 people that we can yeah. constantly leverage, you know? Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. That's one thing that I've been uh, focusing on with clients because whenever I have someone on board with me, I want to like give them that kind of instant low hanging fruit, get them money in to be able to like show the value and kind of goes into the, the offer thing. And one thing we've been focusing on is like if they have a current list, we help them rejuvenate that list and get some instant sales because I know there, there's people there. Yeah. And I had a window company that came and worked with us. And within like the first month, I made them a hundred grand because they had a list of people that wanted to buy from them. They were no's and I'm not even kidding you. You're probably going to, this is going to blow your mind. They came to me and they built their entire business off of like door knocking, which is cool. Awesome. Yeah. Because if you can door knock, you can do some sales. Hell yeah. But all those people that were saying no to them, they never followed up with them. If they went to the door and knocked, and you just said no, they never said anything. Or if you set an appointment and you and you just didn't show or for whatever reason, an actual salesperson never came and talked to you, they did absolutely nothing with them. And it blew my mind. And so whenever they told me that, I said, give me your list. I said, I guarantee you by the end of the month, we'll have sales. And literally within the first month, they closed 100 grand. That's awesome, yeah. And, which was incredible. But I feel like that's where a lot of people is. Like They have money that's just sitting on the table. They have people on Facebook or whatever that's just there. They want to buy from you. You just have to talk to them and you have to ask them for the sale. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing is like, it's, so, and that's where I think so many people get discouraged. And I think we've all been there, you know, you, you put out those initial Facebook ads or Google ads or whatever mm-hmm. and they don't, no one wants to buy. And so you kind of get discouraged being like, well, this is, this is a crappy lead source, you know? Yeah. But then you just, you forget that it's actually a nurture game and not, not a, you know, upfront lead conversion game and mm-hmm. people need nurturing. Yeah. They need you to show you the value. Cause like, even if, Right. For example, I mean, the window company, right? Like you don't click on a window ad without having some interest at some point about buying windows. Mm-hmm. Now, it's maybe not tomorrow. It's maybe not next month. But I guarantee you in the next few years, you're going to get a sell from that person if mm-hmm. you stay in front of them. Yep. And that's that is one thing that I've really been struggling with on my side of things is like the information side for the customer, or the consumer to understand what Facebook ads even are and what the big picture actually looks like. And I understand people need an ROI. They need to be able to come in and spend two grand and make four grand or come in and spend two grand and make 10 grand. Like that's the idea. But it's like you got like whenever people first start doing Facebook ads, it's like there is that time where it's like this is an investment. You will be investing into it for a little bit. And then, you know, month six, if you spent two grand, now you might hit the gold mine. Yep. And you have to figure out what your offer is and what the creative is and all that stuff behind it. But I feel like a lot of people just... They're like, I spend this amount this month and I need this much back. Yeah. It's like, that's not how this is going to work. Yeah. But down the line, this is going to work out for you. I can get, almost guarantee it. Yeah. Um, and one thing that we've started doing is just dialing in our processes to be, if uh, 
you don't use our systems, we don't guarantee anything. So if you don't go through the DIN and use our automations and use our follow-ups and everything, then we don't guarantee any leads. If you want it, we'll put them into your CRM, but that's on you if it doesn't pan out. Right. And that's that kind of goes into the like, this is some stuff I've learned from Hermosi. It's like, keep solving the problem. And so like, instead of just being that initial service, be the bigger service that's like, not only are we going to help you with low-hanging fruit that doesn't really have to do with our marketing, but we're going to help you get that initial sale. And then on the back end, we're going to help you with the other side of it as well. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that's one thing that's helped us bring more value to clients instead of just being like, yeah, we offer Facebook ads. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just think that, yeah, exactly. I think people just have a, it's a hard, it's a hard expectation because I get it, right? When you're, when you're, especially when you're a small business or, you know, self-employed, like it's hard to commit financially to something that you're not going to get right away. Mm-hmm. But that's just kind of what you have to dial yourself for, you know, like, okay, yeah. well, you know, and, and again, every market's different, but, you know, the average, you know, per like the marketing stats that I've seen, like the average conversion cycle on a Facebook lead in the real estate space is three years. Really? So you have to have systems to last three, you know, to make it three years. to get And that be lead. in it for that long yeah, too. To get that lead to convert. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um and if you do, like, it's awesome because you're paying, you know, five, six bucks at the most for a lead mm-hmm. that is going to, you know, create a three, six, nine thousand dollar commission or even more. And but you just have to stay in it for the long term and just understand, like, it's not just that initial lead purchase. You have mm-hmm. to, like, follow up and use the systems and the automations and all that to to get it to convert. You mm-hmm. know, and I feel like that's. Why? I mean, that's one reason I wanted to chat with you and stuff because it feels like whenever we talk, especially marketing, it's like you just get it. And it's like I feel like a lot of people, they don't really understand the bigger picture of like what you're actually doing. I'm just now with being around for a year with Wild Wolf is I'm just now getting my leads that hit me up last September and October. They're just now following back up with my automations and my newsletters and stuff that I'm sending out. Yeah. Just now starting to like, you know, do the whole raising of the hand and like, hey, can I get some more information here? And it's like, I've been posting consistently for a year, sending out marketing for a year, and they're just now starting to reach back out, which is awesome, especially because whenever you're getting, like whenever you start doubling down, because you have the new leads that are coming in, and then you have the old ones that are following back up. It's like, okay, now this is starting to be a system that we can scale and pour the gasoline on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) No, it's, yeah, it's just, I think that's why I'm, you know, where a lot of marketing companies, you know, they overpromise you know, the, the leads that you're going to get. Mm-hmm. And, and then they, you know, is this set up false expectations, you know, because they, I think they want to get the sales, you know I mean? I think we yep. can all agree. There's a lot of bad marketing companies out there. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, and so I think like, that's what they just, they just want to get that initial sell, get, get them in their system. Yep. And then they don't ever really be like, okay, well here, you know, you actually do have to have some kind of lead conversion system set up, you know, yep. it's not just getting a lead on it, you know, like literally, if you're just buying Facebook leads without a CRM, you, it's, it's literally coming in on a spreadsheet, right? So like, yeah. <laughs> how do you get these people from a spreadsheet to buy a product, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I just think that there's a lot of, there's a lot of, you know, people, they don't really tell you, you know, the good, the things they're really to do. They're just there to sell you like that initial, mm-hmm. I'll set up a couple of Facebook ads for you. And, you know, I mean, I see it all the time. I'm sure you see it when you meet with some of your clients that you're working with, like they overpay for something that, they were never going to get a return on with mm-hmm. what they were being provided. You yep, know? absolutely. <laughs> and, then, and then it just leaves a bad taste in their mouth, and then they just mm-hmm. don't trust anyone. Well, and then they go talk to people, and the pricing is all over the place. They're like, well, I worked with this one guy that was going to charge me 200 bucks a month, and I worked with another guy that 
charge me 10 grand, 20 grand a month. Yeah. And it's like, what do I pay? And I'm like, not any of that. <laughs> like, that's insane. Yeah. There's red flags at the 200 and there's red flags at the 10,000. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, but no, for sure. That's awesome. Uh, I had a question in my mind, but I forgot where I was going to go with it. Oh, I was going to say, so what is, uh, have you dialed in your target avatar yet? Of like your perfect person that you want to buy from or that you want to work with you or list their home with you? I mean, that's a great question. So I like to divide my avatars into two people, you know, people that own homes and people that don't own homes. Oh, okay. I like, to, I like them both. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I know that's one thing that we were like talking about was like dialing in that like they make so much a year or whatever. Yeah, like this I've, is our, our people that we like. I mean, ideally, like, I mean, for me, my favorite people are always the people that are, you know, that they, they bought, they're, they're looking for their second home, you know, mm-hmm. so they're, they're a little more financially stable. Um, they have a little bit better expectations on what they want in their next home. Um, and they have a home to sell. So that way we can, you know, you get paid on the sale, you get paid on the, on the purchase. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just easier to build like a really, a better relationship with that person. Cause you're kind of, you know, you're yeah. starting to get more involved in their, their home stuff and all that. So um, ideally like that's who I really like because they're like selling maybe around a $200,000 house mm-hmm. um, and they're buying like a three fifty four hundred, So like still like very attainable. Mm-hmm. Um, but yet you're not, you know, but then you're not getting like that 500 K plus buyer, which in our, you know, in our market, that's a, that's a really nice home, you know, yeah, in some markets absolutely. around the country, it's not, but mm-hmm. here it's, it's a really nice home and they're just, you know, they're, they, um, they're just a little more challenging to work with just because they're, they're, taste are a little bit higher higher mm-hmm. end and they're they're more particular which i which i totally get yeah and there's not necessarily a ton of options in that in that price range so mm-hmm. no um, I, li- I like that a lot though yeah my target avatar is someone that doesn't own a home or does own a home <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i like awesome. to help those type of people yeah no that's awesome i just like that's what so many people talk about nowadays is like you need your target avatar you need whatever and it's like i get that to a certain point um and like a lot of the marketing people that i work with and network with and like do coaching like you got to develop a target avatar. You got to be, you know, Wild Wolf Digital Marketing helps solar panel companies get leads or whatever. But it's like, in my honest opinion, I feel like it's just human psychology that we're working off of. Yeah. And I understand if you have that target avatar, if I only worked with real estate agents, it's like, yeah, I could develop a lot of pain points that they go through. And a lot of my marketing could be geared directly and speak their language. Um, but I feel like it's like, I feel like I can bring value to everybody. And so that's why I just, I haven't niched down yet. But that's yeah. why I was just curious if you've if you're still no. just sending it or whatever. No, I mean, like 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 you said, I think there's value for everyone, and then it really comes down to really a, it's more of people, you know. Like mm-hmm. that's more like what I like is like better people, like people that are appreciative of the the help that you provide, as well as just kind of being like frustrated or, or you know don't like real estate agents or whatever, and they're just mm-hmm. like always, you know, second guessing you. I mean, those people aren't fun to work with, you know. So yeah. people that you can like grow and help get that kind of piece of the puzzle for them, whether mm-hmm. it's, you know, buying that at first property to move into to start a family or to kind of get that retirement home or, you know, or buy that investment property. Just people just, you know, you just want to work with good people that appreciate your services mm-hmm. you know, and because, respect you. Yeah. <laughs> so I, that's more of what I'm concerned about. Cause I'd rather, I'd rather sell someone a $120,000 house that really, really nice and really appreciative 
it's a million dollar house or somebody that just treats you like an asshole. You know? mm-hmm. Absolutely. So. No, that makes sense. So I wanted to dive in a little bit about your, uh, also, do you have a time that you need to be gone by? No. Okay. Speaking of that, being gone by a certain time, um, when it comes into your, your life, I know whenever we were working together, it's like you were in before I came in and you were still at the office whenever I was going to leave. And it's like, how have you dialed in that kind of work-life balance? Yeah, I mean, I think um, fairly recently um, with the way things have kind of changed for me is, you know, I'm, I'm getting, you know, I'm not quite getting there as early as I used to, more like 8.30 in the 8.30, 9 o'clock time frame. And then, you know, leaving about five these days, um, mostly because I'm kind of, you know, working, you know, working on working out more, being healthier, um, working on, you know, kind of getting more involved in some of the community stuff around instead of just kind of being in my office is kind of, because that's kind of the next level for me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, kind of focusing on that more and it's kind of focusing on like trying to squeeze more of my 830 to five time out mm-hmm. and then leveraging more stuff out, you know, that I can't hit in that time. So mm-hmm. there's still nights where I will stay till like seven, eight o'clock to get things done, but it's not the norm anymore. Mm-hmm. So, so that's been nice. I mean, I think, you know, I, I, I would say that there definitely is a price to pay that it, that's not happening that maybe things aren't as dialed in as I would like them to be, but I, that's just part of what I have to just kind of expect and then just see where the holes are and just not always focus on covering the holes myself and just letting things fail and like trying to figure out how to f- make it better, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome. How does it feel being able to uh, leave for a week? <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Is this going to be your first time? This is my first, va- yeah. Yeah. First vacation since I've done start started real estate. So five years. Yeah, five years. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, <laughs> that's technically like true vacation. Like you're not working or anything. Yeah, not it's not a work trip. Yeah, it's not. I mean, I'll, I'll probably still like plug in a little bit, but mm-hmm. just because it's hard not to plug in. Yeah, it's like an addiction, but um, it's plugging a little bit. But yeah, for the most part, be pretty disconnected for the week. So yeah, how do you feel? Uh, you know, being a team lead entrepreneur and also starting to dial in your fitness and health and. Do you think they work well together? Do you feel like whenever you're on your health game that your business is doing better? I mean, I feel, I mean, yes and no. I mean, I think, I think the time I spend is better spent in mm-hmm. the business, you know, or on the business, but it definitely does take some time away from the focus on it, you know, a little mm-hmm. bit. I mean, so I don't know. I mean, I, I definitely think it's important because from a longevity standpoint, it's, it's really important, you know, mm-hmm. But I think if you're looking at like a one or two year time snap, I think it was, you know, I'm not upset that I kind of sacrificed health and fitness to focus a little bit more on the business side of things, you know? Yeah. So I don't know, but obviously you can't keep that up forever. You're not going to make it. Yeah. So, so it's always those things. It's like, okay, well, short term, short term pains for long term gains. I'm okay with, but, Mm -hmm. but now it's like, okay, well now I got to get back. Cause it's like, I don't even, you know, get to the point especially this year, you just get to the point where you like, don't even really recognize the person anymore. You know, you kind of just like, kind of really, I would say like almost this year, like kind of success, you know, cause we really started to feel like we were getting, you know, we are getting success this year, kind of hitting where we want to hit, where I want to hit mm-hmm. making, you know, a good profit. And it really starts to fuck with your head a lot. I don't know if I can say that, but 
Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it starts to fuck with your head because like you're some of the pain that you kind of needed to kind of push that level is gone. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so now you have all this extra money and you're like, okay, well, what, what do I necessarily do with this money? Mm-hmm. You know? So, cause it's like, I don't really care. I don't really care about money really. I mean, this is not really a, mm-hmm. something that moves the needle much for me, but so, you know, so it just really started to like create like some internal struggles for me this yeah. year, which was, it was very interesting to kind of have that. So, mm-hmm. so that's where like one of the things is like, you know, where I got to the point where it's like, I don't even recognize myself because before I started real estate, I was doing CrossFit, I was doing CrossFit like five times a week. I was mm-hmm. obsessed with CrossFit, like everything. Mm-hmm. Like when I was working corporate job, I literally would check the water the day at, uh, at lunch and I would just like start imagining <laughs> myself doing it at, you know, during the That's second awesome. half of the day, like, how am I going to get a high, what, how the best way am I going to get a high score on this? So I could beat other people at the gym. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and it's just like, obviously I have that obsessive personality, that hyper, you know, that ADHD personality where I'm just, I get hyper-focused on things and then mm-hmm. I just, they kind of dominate my life. And so like, that's kind of where health and fitness has been for me the past, you know, you know, this half of the year. Um, which has been really important, but again, like it's like it starts to take a little bit more control than I would like it to. Yeah, but that's just my personality. I just have to, uh, you know, know that that's who I am. Mm-hmm. So. Sounds very Mr. Beastish. <laughs> you watch, you know, Mr. Beast. Yeah. yeah, that's what he talks about in his podcast all the time. It's like the reason he got so successful on YouTube is because he has like ADHD personality. So he's like, I just hyper focused on just this. Yeah, and the way that he talks about money and he's rolling in it, obviously, yeah. is the same way. He's like, it's just a tool that I get to use to get me to wherever I want to go or whatever I need. And I I remember whenever I was with, uh, working with you and I was like, we were, we got on the conversation one time and I was like asking you how much you paid yourself or something. And you're like, I don't know. Like I just get my bills paid and then everything else goes back into the business or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, Whoa, <laughs> that's awesome! <laughs> and I, I think like that's my a good bills being paid is my house payments eight hundred dollars a month and my yeah. car payments two hundred. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> not an extravagant lifestyle over here. So, mm-hmm. my DoorDash bills are a little more expensive. But yeah, that's probably what it is. Yeah, because you don't cook <laughs> and you're a weirdo. <laughs> I mean, I've had to start cooking more. You know, with the mm-hmm. whole like a lot of chicken in my life yeah. these days. Oof, yeah, that makes sense. So good. No, I saw the I saw the before and after because I feel like I've never really thought of you like as a big guy by any means, but then you see the before and after and you're like, I didn't realize you had that much weight to lose. Yeah. It's I awesome. didn't realize it either. Cause I was like, <laughs> I'm still like 20 more pounds to go where I want to be. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. damn, like how did I get to 60 pounds over where I thought I should be? You know, yeah. just, it's wild. And it's really wild. Like how, when you focus on it, it really works. Um, using good strategies, you know, mm-hmm. um, just like anything, I guess in life, you know, yeah. like there's always the shortcuts and shortcuts work. Yeah. I mean, they really do. What are some shortcuts that you have? for health and fitness i'm just like the massive amount of protein like i didn't yeah. realize how big of a game changer that was you know hitting, mm-hmm. hitting the 200 grams every day because my my coach puts me on like a 16 1650 calories a day and i was like fuck that's like nothing you know mm-hmm. but then you try to eat 200 grams of protein a day and you're like dude i can't even eat anything like, i'm like <laughs> forcing myself chicken like wanting to throw up because mm-hmm. i'm so full especially if you're doing it clean yeah like that clean chicken eating yeah. I like it's like eight meals a day. Yeah. I mean, it's like <laughs> over two pounds of chicken, you know, yeah. a day. And that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, then I have to eat some rice and like a banana and like, you know, mm-hmm. 
and you're just like, man, it's, it's a lot. And you're just yeah. like, in, you know, like there's a lot of days where I'm like at 1500 calories and my coach is like, dude, you got to get to 1650. <laughs> and I'm just like, I can't, I can't <laughs> eat anymore. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> you know? And they're just like, and there's like so many days where it's like, you know, you go get like a milkshake. That's a thousand calories. And you can just down that like nothing and, mm-hmm. and go eat a cheeseburger afterwards. And yeah. So you're going to do a bulk after this? Just start doing like 4,000 calories? Do nah, a dirty bulk? He wants to do, yeah. Maybe reverse dieting is like what, what the focus will be mm-hmm. when I get to the point. If I get to the point where, I mean, I will. I that, This might take me a little bit longer to get there than. Yeah. But get to that point where you just reverse diet and then move up your calories and get to that point where you can kind of maintain. I mean, it is still, yeah. I don't know if I want to bulk. I mean, I don't know. I just feel like, I mean, part of me does. But part of me knows like my brain and how I would go after that. And I'm like, I probably shouldn't do that, you know? Become become just like a freak. Yeah. You're like, I can deadlift, bench, and squat all over 500 pounds. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Just, you just become so obsessed with it and you're just, it just wouldn't become good, you know? Yeah. I just like, I'm trying to figure out healthy ways to like maintain things Mm -hmm. in my life, but it's not easy. Yeah. It's not easy. So. No, but, that makes sense. But, you know, part of it, like, you know, my therapist told me that's what makes you that drive for success, you know, it's like mm-hmm. not having that healthy balance because if I want, if I was, if that was really important to me, I wouldn't be here. Yeah. So, yeah. Just got to take the good with the bad, I guess. No, that makes sense. So what would you uh, say to new realtors that are wanting to get into the space? You think that it would be good to start working with a team right away, try it themselves a little bit and go get their license? I mean, I think always starting with the team. I mean, I, I never I never actually worked on a team, and that's like one of my big regrets when I started. Um, I think um, I think it's a struggle to really um, to really get started, you know, without mm-hmm. having that mentorship. I mean, I, I definitely floundered a lot more than I thought I should have, and a lot more than I I really should. I mean, what I really should have, you know, I was mm-hmm. like, I I had this. I would say kind of an ego, maybe. I don't know if necessarily ego is the right word, but, you know, I just, you know, have a, you know, graduated third of my class engineering. I, you know, got my MBA, you know, and I was like really successful in the corporate world. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to get into real estate and be really successful. Mm-hmm. And obviously it's a big change, right? It was a big change. Um, but it was like, I was definitely like lying to myself on like how easy it was going to be. You know? mm-hmm. And and I think, like you said, it got some of those quick wins from like some SOI and just, and you're just like, okay, yeah, this is going to be an easy roll. And then you just like, I think it's really, then you hit like this time of year and it gets cold and then no one wants to buy houses. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> you're just like, so it's like, you know, it's like what I'm telling agents right now. Cause right now it's hard in real estate. Like this is the hardest in real estate it's been since I've been an agent and, you know, and it comes off the back of having like the last two years or 2020, 2021 specifically being really easy, good years, really great years. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's always easy to sell snow cones in the summer, but it's really hard to sell snow cones in the winter. And that's what we're doing right now. We're selling snow cones in the winter. Like no one wants to buy houses right now. Mm -hmm. Um, Buying a house is not the sexy thing. So, you know, so we're just really getting to that part where it's like, you know, like you really, you really have to get that next level of skills to kind of be successful in this market. So yeah. I don't think you're going to get that on your own. Yeah. 
I think you need to join a team, a good team that's going to kind of teach you those skills, give you the opportunities, give you the mm-hmm. bats. Um, so you can cut your teeth and then you can kind of decide where you want to go from there. Like if you think being a single agent is better for you, then make that jump, you know, like yeah. we support, you know, I support people and they decide they want to go on their own. Mm-hmm. I think, I don't ever think it's the best move. I think long-term, you know, the real estate industry is going to go to these mega teams. I think mega teams are going to dominate the real estate industry in the next yeah. three years. But, but I mean, there's definitely value in being on your own and just knowing what the expectations are for that. Like maybe you're yeah. not going to sell as many houses, but you know, you're going to have less requirements. You're going to have a little more flexibility and freedom. But mm-hmm. Makes sense. So what do you think the next phase is for, for you personally or for urban cool? Yeah, I mean, next phase is is for me just really kind of figuring out how to, you know, like I said, I want to get to that thousand unit mark, thousand homes sold, mm-hmm. um, and really like start getting to and really start focusing more on just contribution of like myself to like not just real estate stuff, but maybe like you know start focusing working you know some nonprofits and stuff mm-hmm. like that to kind of give back more, you know, if you're yeah. like, feel like, you know, it's like, okay, well I've, you know, you get to a point where you're kind of like, well, I'm getting, I'm coming close to the point of accomplishing what I want to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Um, at least it's getting closer. And so it's like, okay, well I need to find some other things to kind of allow myself to some challenges, you know? Yeah. Um, and then, you know, like, like I said earlier, like looking at getting in some different markets, um, you know, taking that challenge on, I think it'd be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, just trying to find ways to challenge myself to kind of unlock, you know, things in myself, you know, cause yeah. I just feel like, you know, I mean, you know, you know how it is. Like you probably, you know, each year, like I want to be a different person by the end of the year, mm-hmm. you know, like I don't, I want to grow so much in that year that it's like, okay, yeah, yeah I'm not the person I was, you know, kind of solve that problem. Got the get solution. Now I'm going to create another problem and get that one checked off. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, because I want to just keep growing until I die. Yeah. You know, like I love it. Grow up to the grave. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, that's awesome. I love it. Well, cool. Well, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. Um, how can people find you, reach out to you, kind of all that stuff? Got to finish, finish off with a promotion of Urban Cool and you. Sorry, what, what's the question? How can people find you, reach out to you? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm mostly, I'm still like an old person at this point in my life. So mm-hmm. Facebook is the best way to get a hold of me. <laughs> Perfect. All right. So, well, thanks for coming on the podcast. Yeah, appreciate it.